Welcome to Direct Video DVD Extras. A podcast between podcasts where we talk about something else. Sure. I, I'm so glad you said something because I was going to plow right through it. I am your co-host, Tony Urbisto. And I am your co-host, Andy Reyes. And t- today we're going to talk about anime. Oops, well, let me all bring anime. Something up first. Let me bring something up first that's... I, I felt like I wanted to talk about this on the podcast, not because I thought, like, particularly, oh, Andy needs to hear this, but I thought this was fucking wild. So do me a favor, go to Google for me. All right, I'm at Google. And type in, I'm going to do it at the same time, I believe it's called, I'm Afraid You've Got Dragons. I'm afraid? You? I'm afraid of Americans. Thank you, Google. Great. Me too. Afraid you've got dragons. Right, now let's go to... It looks like it's on Amazon.ko.uk. If you could click that link. Okay. Now, if you, you can look at the details of this book. It's by Peter S. Beagle, who wrote The Last Unicorn, as well as okay. a, f- a few other good books. Yeah. Hardcover from 2008, right? And if you, it says product details... 224 pages published by puffin books yeah it has the two isbn numbers Uh uh-huh this book does not exist what do you mean this listing is erroneous if you go down to the one review it says never published (laughs) this for some reason like i i read in a book of short stories that Peter S. Beagle had read in, like, an introduction, oh, this is something, blah, 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 for this book that's going to come out in about a year or so, because it's an older book. And so I went looking for this book. This book was never published, but for some fucking reason, if you go looking for it on, like, shopping sites... It's listed. It's listed, and it has, like, details listed, like, again, 224 pages. This doesn't mean anything except that it was like a weird fucking afternoon for me i'm what the fuck i know right it's got a four out of five on goodreads yeah and those people are all like (laughs) if you go to goodreads and you actually look at the reviews let's see here (laughs) oh no recent questions i believe the publisher is listed as incorrect uh uh it's just, it's it's baffling. Yes. I, I is... don't understand. But here, wait. One review. Let me see where, where this is. Book withdrawn from release and put on hold indefinitely. But yeah, apparently nine people rated it for some reason. And God, and this is like a really great cover. Yes. I mean, it obviously got to the point where covers were being drawn for it. Maybe they even had it spec'd to 224 pages like they were about to publish this book and then something and, happened and then did what happened i believe there was some kind of legal fight i know that peter s beagle um oh this was more recently he's been having problems with oh my gosh <laughs> he's as well known as some of his others but it has its fans uh boy Oh, okay, okay. So it seems that what happened is the biz- there was a business conflict between Peter S. Beagle and Penguin Books. And because they were set to publish 
I'm afraid you've got dragons, he decided to pull it. Mm-hmm. Which means they can't sell it, but he can't give it to anybody else. Ah, oh, that's some bullshit. And that makes me really sad, because he it seems he poured a lot of work. It feels like he poured a lot of work into this book. Yeah. Oh, wow, that is so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be one of those things that, like, in the future, somebody's going to die, and, like, they're going to write up, and someone else is going to write a book about how crazy this was. Well, and here's the thing. It sounds like there are copies of that book out there, if not actual physical copies or even ebooks, than, like, the ones that agents and publishers have. Yeah. It feels like it could eventually be published in some... In some way, yeah. Like, weird circumstance. Sorry, that was just baffling. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can see why you're baffled. I'm baffled by this. This is insane. But I also kind of enjoyed learning about that. Like, that's Gosh, fucking it, weird. It was copyright in, uh, it was copyright August 16th, 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this book exists. It's done. Yeah, and there's just been no momentum on it for 10 years. Fuck, that's insane. Let, let, I, I start a hashtag, let Peter S. Beagle release his fucking book. That's a really long hashtag. I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get people's attention, surely. Surely. Everybody loves a hashtag because they can't tweet anything else. Yeah. Right? Well, now that we're getting uh, 140 extra characters... Oh my god. That's so fucking stupid. If they would just kick the Nazis off, that's all I fucking want. All the Nazis in the fake news accounts are run by Russians. Yeah, it I it's very funny to me, right? Because also, I feel like maybe the president, because he keeps on saying stuff that is going to start a nuclear war, and like maybe if he didn't have Twitter he wouldn't be able to do that. It's like there I'm are sorry. some people there are some people out there who are like, oh, but when they change this, everyone's gonna stop caring. And it's like, no, you're right. We're not mad that they're increasing the character limit. We're mad that they want to focus on increasing the character limit, but refuse to focus on all of this other shit. Like the important shit, the reason nobody likes Twitter anymore. Also, I'm a little bit mad about character limit because I definitely would go past the uh, the like I I would adjust to typing two hundred and eighty characters, right? But yeah. that's the thing, so would everybody else, and it would make it so that your timeline would look so clogged. Yeah. I don't want to read a fucking novel every time I'm every time I open up Twitter, that's not the point. Somebody somebody put forward the idea that maybe we just use the extra one hundred and forty characters to, to make like old forum signatures come back. Ah, I saw that, yeah. And I'm so down for that. I am I am somebody... the most down. I, I also love this one. Somebody from Canada said there's really only one way. There's Any, any true Canadian knows that there's really only one thing to do in this situation. And he had that, and then he had it written underneath it in French. Oh, amazing. Right? I love Beautiful. that. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So now you, so you want to talk about anime. It also kind of sounds like you want to talk about anime. Am I, I wrong? I do. I want to talk about anime. I have an anime. I watched an anime. I watched... I didn't finish the whole thing, but I watched an anime. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's talk about anime. I wish we had, like, a special effect that we could play. <laughs> like, if I had a soundboard... I'll see what I can do. We'll, we'll fix it in post. 
<laughs> what would it even be? I don't know. You want to decide now and I'll see if I can find that sound effect? What do see you want if, from me? See if you can find... Uh... Hmm. Hmm. What do I want? Well... Free sound effects. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sound it, effects it, aren't free sound. You can, you can use, you can use sound effects from existing things as long as it's like no more than three seconds or so. It's and it's visibly changed, which I think this counts. It's under fair use. Futuristic laser Maybe. rocket. Can you oh, wait get? A second. No, we're not. We're not going to ah! be talking about nope, Mecca. Nope. Nope. It's very loud. We're not going to be talking about mecha anime at all, so let's not do that one. Right, we need some kind of... Can you get uh, me, like... Can you get me... Can you... Can you get me just... Give me a bu- buzzword I can type in. I'm gonna... I'm, you're gonna be so mad at me, but can you, like, maybe just, like, take out a snippet of, like, I don't, like Tuxedo Mask saying something stupid? Well, I'm watching the Japanese one, so I don't know how much people will get it. That's true. My work here is done. He always, like, for the first 15 episodes he's in, that's, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. For the first, like, 15 episodes he's in, he throws a rose. Yep. Says something that's vaguely inspirational. Join the DSA. And immediately leaves. <laughs> it's absurd. And the only thing, I mean... He's still, like, the most obnoxious character. He's the worst, but you but have the, to understand, but, but Tony, like when, that I love but when, him. When you start to learn that he doesn't remember anything, he doesn't actually know what he's doing, I, I enjoyed that a lot more. Like, when I sudden, when you when you get to realize, oh, he acts like a fucking moron because he actually doesn't it, know why he's there. It, that's interesting. Yeah, like, he's being called by higher powers yes. to show up. So he does, and he does his best. You fucking tweeted my favorites, two of my favorite stills from the show without knowing. fucking bus? I'll drive you back. Why are you here? That's one of them. He like gets there, I guess he appears there magically and realizes he's the only one with a license. Oh, man. Although I cannot believe that he knows that the other Sailor Scouts are, like, 14. I think you can at least tell that they're younger, and yeah, if you're, I mean, like... I think I think he's protective of them partially because they're younger than him, but I also think he's immediately romantically interested in Sailor Moon in a way that he's not romantically interested in a 14-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> you know? in a way that, like, this is a person who saves people. That's yeah. pretty hot. It's also yeah. I think they're like I mean I'm not very far in I think they're kind of entwined in some sort of destiny spiral. Yeah, it's it's you know, gosh like an, the like an anime. The yeah, the show is so very that era of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised in a lot of the early episodes a lot of the themes were the same as season 0 of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, that's funny. That that actually makes a lot of sense, because in its own way, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a magical girl anime. Right. Or it starts that way. 
It's just that Yugi is the only magical girl, and he's right. a boy. It, it's it's about it, yeah, it's about a normal person who transforms into like an avenging superhero when none of their friends are watching, and so in in all the episodes where it's it's their friends being attacked, it follows the exact same lines. Yeah. Oh, the one. The episode, this was like episode three or four, and it was the most grating episode because it was where everybody was on a diet. Oh. And Usagi, Usagi, who looks like a fucking toothpick, kept on talking about how fat she is. Hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it so... Had the, it had the plot, but it had the plot of a Twilight Zone episode. There's a Twilight Zone episode about, like, an ice cream parlor that opens, and the ice cream gets you really fat... But <laughs> I remember this episode. Yeah, but there's there's like a phone booth that sucks the fat out of you, and there's this there's and and this this girl is freaking out about it because she gets into her head that like they're being farmed like sheep, mm-hmm. and maybe they are. I don't think it ever goes into it for sure, but they are being farmed in the Sailor Moon version. Like, that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's... God, it is a fucking wonderful show. And that's... And, like, a, a lot of my problems with the show stem from the fact that this show is, like, very 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the diet episode gets super cringy. Uh, a lot of the, like, romance stuff is super cute until you realize how much older Tuxedo Mask is. The thing is, I, I'm watching it and like trying to decide how to feel about it because Usagi having a crush on Tuxedo Mask is fine because 14 year olds get crushes. Like mm-hmm. that side makes sense. Now Tuxedo Tuxedo Mask is into Sailor Moon because he remembers her from some sort of magical memory, <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about that because I'm not that late into it. But it kind of seems... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's all very complicated. It's... Mm. Yeah, it's... Oh, there it's, was the it's its own that, thing. That Ray started dating... Um, what's his name? Musico? Something like that. Right. Give me a yeah. second. But Ray just started dating Ma- him. Mamoru? It, Ma- okay. Mamoru. And it seems like they're dating strictly because Ray is extremely pushy. Like, whenever they're on a date, he's, like, really concerned about the fact that they're on a date. And she's, like, dragging him places. <laughs> but she's, like, I don't know. And she's not in their class, so she could be maybe a year older? She looks a little bit older, but I'm not sure if she actually is? hmm But he's dating, like, I don't know, five to seven years outside of his... Now, how old is he supposed to be? I think isn't I thought he was only a couple of years older because he still goes to the same school as they do. No, he doesn't. He goes to college. Shit. What? Yeah, I believe. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's not like you ever see his school, but he definitely doesn't go to the same one they go to. Um, G- give me a sec. Yeah, I'm, I need to check this out now. Because I always thought I always thought he was only a couple of years older than them. Like I mean, two... he might only be a couple years old. He might be like four years older than them, which isn't crazy. If we're not talking about 14 to 18, you know, that's just a crazy age to have. So, yeah. At, at that right. age, that's a crazy age gap. 
I'm at the Sailor Moon wiki. Oh God, it is so pink. I don't know why. I don't know what I expected. Uh, I I literally cannot. Don't go to the Sailor Moon wiki. There is so much uh, spoilers. Yeah, I'm like three quarters of the way through season one. Okay, they are three years apart. Okay, he is seventeen. Okay. All right. So that's um. Again, that's not terrible. Like, in a couple years, that would be way less creepy. Yeah, and a lot's going to happen in those couple of years, let me tell you what. Okay, that's... I mean, I believe that. As far as I can tell, they're definitely going to the moon at some point. It's in the name. It is. Here's, Here's the thing. I just watched the episode where it's revealed Sailor Moon is the princess of the moon. Yes. Now, okay. I watched that and I thought, well, no shit. They kept on showing her as a princess, and in the opening, they kept on showing a castle on the moon. The hell am I supposed to think? Yeah. I was really annoyed at their at their lack of subtlety at this. Uh, I. Yeah. I would it's... have liked to be. I would like to be surprised about stuff. I'm. I'm sure if you were like a kid when you watched it, it would have been more surprising. Maybe. I don't know. I No, genuinely, like, they kept on showing her in shadow. But, like, you know it's her. Because nobody else has that hair. By the way, (laughs) how do... Oh, that fucking reminds me. They meet Sailor Venus, right? Yes. And then they're like, oh, it's Sailor V. Oh, it's the last... It's it's the last, um, whatever they call him. Sailor Scout. Moon Guardian. The next day, they have agreed to meet up. Sailor V shows up with her magic cat looking exactly the same because none of them look any different. Mm -hmm. And they all say, who are you? (laughs) And I was so mad because, like, obviously, like, they don't change their hair. They don't put on masks. They Mm -hmm. don't. By, by sheer career, it's, it's it's more ridiculous than the Superman effect because it's there's nothing. At, at there's least nothing. Superman puts on some glasses and changes and his posture. Talking with a reedy voice and changes his posture. Yeah, like Superman puts effort into like making there's... sure people don't at least accidentally think he's Superman. I keep on I keep on stumbling onto the fact that they're supposed to have secret identities when they like change form standing next to each other. In a theme park. I think I think that is mostly the TV show. Okay. I don't okay. know for sure because I've never read the manga, but I, I hear tell that that the whole secret identity thing was the TV show, but I have no real way of verifying that. I always assumed they didn't need a secret identity because all of their enemies are from another world and wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But then, when their enemies find out the secret identity of Tuxedo uh, tuxedo Mask, they're all over him. Well, I mean, I, I would be all over him, too, because, like, he keeps showing up at the wrong time and inspiring the heroes to defeat right. me. So I would want to know who the fuck this guy is and fuck his shit up. Oh, and poor Naru. Uh, I don't know if shit gets better for her. <laughs> it... Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. That's fair. 
So yes, I have been watching this little girl anime for a little while now. And and to be fair, I talked you into it. Yes. It picks up like midway through the season is when I finally stopped cringing the whole time while watching it. Yeah. But man, those first the it 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 lags a bit. The show is good. It's Although just I think I think it does have a lot of these problems. And a lot well, of these problems I, I, I think part of the reason it, it was lagging and part of the reason I was willing to cut it slack was probably you know, hey, these are the first few episodes of an anime. Mm-hmm. And it probably wasn't even fully um produced yet. Like shit shit like this. Putting it together as fast as they could. Yeah. But, and like it took it took them a while to get an interesting villain, and I'm so mad. Because their first interesting villain is just a sub for another villain. Like, literally. Let me try. They're, they're all supposed to be... They're all supposed to be equal kings of this world. And this guy, all he ever does when in the presence of the this other dude is fawn over him. <laughs> like, I get that they're, I get that they're in, in this kind of relationship. But... Like I, I don't understand how I'm supposed to be intimidated by this guy when I know that he is just like the wimpier version of this other guy. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like this felt pretty '90s. Like I feel like this may be a pretty unflattering showing of what a gay person is. Uh, but that might also not be fair. It might be this character. So. That is up for contentious debate. Hmm. Contentious in that, yes, but also it's Japan in the 90s. Right. But but yes, it's it's one of those things. And like, 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 I, I cannot deny the influence that Sailor Moon has had on queer and lesbian culture because it definitely like influenced a lot of people who grew up watching it. You know, and learn something about themselves along the way. Am I right in thinking that two of them are going to eventually have a relationship with each other? I remember hearing that, and I don't know if it's all fan based. It's that. It's so. It so skirts that line. Okay. Like it. It's just enough that you can't help but think. Okay. That's fine. I mean, to me, it's a bit infuriating. Okay, but it, but 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 thing. and then I have to remind myself this is a, a Japanese anime from the '90s. Well, the funny thing is, like I grew up watching Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Mm-hmm. None of the romantic relationships in Yu-Gi-Oh ever get resolved. It's yeah, Yu-Gi it's and kind of it's kind of rough actually. Like, Yu-Gi and Anzu, Joey and Mai. I was gonna say uh, Joey and Tristan, but sure that works too. I mean, he barely gets... Tristan and Joey's uh, sister. He sort of has this, like, polyamor- polyamorous thing between him and Otogi, and, uh... Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> um, let's talk about our... Let's talk about our ships in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> let's not, though, please. I, w- I wasn't... I wasn't gonna... I think that... Well, I think that the actual, like, relationships are pretty... Are, are pretty definitely sketched out... Like, okay, these people are interested in each other, and these people are interested in each other, and nothing ever comes of it in the parts that we see. So, in that way, I, I'm i kind of, just because that was one of the first animes, uh, anime 
shows I ever got into. And it just doesn't affect me that much when, uh, when, when a relationship is all subtext. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, it's one of those things, right? I don't, I don't enjoy it when a show refuses to resolve the romantic tensions between characters. Mm-hmm. But I also don't like it when a show just resolves it immediately and nothing comes of it. Yeah, it's not fun either. So, so there's like a there's a very straight and narrow like line that that's a person has to walk in order for the tension to be satisfying but not infuriating. I think that's fair. I think that was all of my big thoughts about Sailor Moon. Oh, actually, you know what? No, there's one more thing. There it is. Actually, let me build up to this. So Okay, okay. Usagi, she is Sailor Moon. She's the de facto leader of the of the, the Sailor Scouts, the Moon Guardians, whatever they call themselves. Mm-hmm. She's kind of dopey by comparison to a few of the others, mm-hmm. but it's fine. There's Ami, Sailor Mercury, who infuriatingly only has one power, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Which is just too bad because she's my favorite. She's she's like the only one who's nice all the time. <laughs> and it doesn't pick fights for no reason. And like right after they, they introduce Ami, they introduce Ray. And oh my god, I hate Ray. <laughs> one of the reasons I hate Ray is that she's exactly like Usagi, except instead of being happy, she gets mad. So like they care about the exact same things, but she gets pissed at Usagi for caring about shit. And and it makes me want to strangle her. Meanwhile, she has the strongest power, mm-hmm. uh, at least until Jupiter shows up, which isn't for like another 20 episodes. She has the strongest power because she can shoot fire from her fingertips whenever she fucking wants. <laughs> and then... <laughs> But the thing is, she is also, in her own right, like a Shinto priestess. Mm-hmm. So she can sense and disable evil spirits. An ability which she only uses when the plot has decided that nothing else works. <laughs> also, when we first meet her, she talks about visions, having visions, and she gets a vision. We never revisit that. As far as I can tell, she never gets a vision again. Mm-hmm. And she has two magic crows. I don't even fucking know. Like, like those crows help her in her ritual in one of the episodes. But sometimes, I mean, they're not there most of the time, and sometimes they just act like crows. I don't fucking get that. It's like she walked in from another anime. Like, she's from Inuyasha, but she's <laughs> moonlighting in Sailor Moon. <laughs> I literally I literally just took a drink of water when you said that. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, we're in the middle of the rant. Let me take a quick drink of water. And then you just hit me with a joke, and I was like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I did say moonlighting in Sailor Moon, which yeah. is some wordplay that I feel like got lost. No, no, I got it. You're good. You're all set, man. I I got you. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. But I kind of can't stand her. 
I like yeah. Jupiter, though. She's fun. I like how she can shoot lightning, but also she can just punch people whenever she wants. Yeah. Ugh. It's a good show. It's just, okay, here's the other thing. They always they always introduce themselves whenever they go to fight a villain. Even though the smart thing would definitely be to put down, like, that bubble smoke screen and then just kill them. I mean, okay, but this is a, <laughs> this is a like, show for kids. I understand why. Like, I get why, but every time they do it, I think, tactics, people, tactics. <laughs> we, need to, we need to train kids times. how to tactically defeat their enemies. There's a few times when the, the villains win because Sailor Moon was introducing herself. Yeah, but like they're they villains. Away with the crystal or something because Sailor Moon was talking about herself. They're villains, Tony. Yeah, so you shoot fire at them, call it a day. Well, some t- if if two of them are already in a fight, then the other two will show up with no explanation and immediately use their powers. <laughs> uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. It's, it's That's fun. all I wanted to hear you say. Because I, because like I, if I didn't care, yeah. I if you, but care, you know. I know, I know, but I still like. I want to. I, I like it. I I want to hear people say it, and I like. Obviously, if you didn't like the show, you wouldn't have kept watching it for this long. So, I mean, at at a certain point, I was just meant watching to see how much I could hate Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> but then you started liking him. That fucking bit where he's in the elevator. It's the best. It's, it's just it's, leg at a ninety degree angle, so just casual, sense. just casually hanging out like I do. Hey, what's up? I'm just casually hanging out at this elevator. Fuck, <sighs> so good. Uh, in one of the recent episodes, uh, one of the villains pretended to be Sailor Moon to lure Tuxedo Mask out, mm-hmm. and it got me so annoyed because again, Usagi looks like Usagi. When she's Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. So this person, who a stranger would think is Sailor Moon, doesn't look anything like Sailor Moon. Like, for a second, you wouldn't believe that. Maybe everybody in the Sailor Moon anime has face blindness. <laughs> Everyone has it. It's the only way this makes sense. Let's see. We're coming up on the hour mark, and I think we're talking for, like, 25 minutes like vamping us up, maybe maybe more like thirty. So yeah. that must mean I've been talking for like half an hour about, about Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. But now that now that you've had your piece, I wanna talk I wanna talk about an anime. One more thing. There's only one one musical sting in Sailor Moon. <laughs> and depending on depending on the tone of the episode, it is played faster or slower. <laughs> Yep. It really made me wish they got a second song. Yeah, it it really is a shame that kind of that show was made on a very visible budget, but Yes. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of the best shows from that era of anime were made on a very like sparse budget. Cuz like I've I watched the original season uh or the original run of Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam, and oh my god. There, there is, there is an, there is a, there is like a set of animations that that show uses in every battle sequence, over and over and over again. Sometimes three times in a single battle. 
Oh, that's not good. That's just the main character sitting in his seat like Star <laughs> Trek rocking back and forth. <laughs> oh, I was so excited when they, they gave Sailor Moon a new weapon, and so now she has a second attack she can do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, finally, I get to see another thing. A new animation. It's very interesting to me, like, how, but how, how much these shows can get out of reusing animations it, it it's a ve- it's a very different time because if a show tried to do that today I, gonna, I don't think you could get away with it i was gonna say i don't feel like shows do that anymore and i don't know if it's just consumers want a higher quality of product or if it's because animation is easier or cheaper for some yeah. reason or because animators are getting paid less now than they were then i like uh, I, it's possible yeah. I mean, I gotta stop talking about Sailor Moon. I hated the anime episode of Sailor Moon. Oh, it made me so mad. Because <laughs> it's... it's like, it, it was a completely unrealistic version of what it would be like to make an anime written by people who definitely know what making an anime is like. <laughs> I didn't get it. It's like the whole, the whole fucking deal was was that this 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 animator wasn't sure of herself was using these special pencils special pencils don't make you better as an there, animator there is one knows that there is there is so there's an there is i'm going to talk about a different anime than the one i want to talk about but there is an anime called jojo's bizarre adventure and i have not watched any of it but and I've there it. and there is a character in i think the third or fourth season whose entire special gimmick is that he can draw really fucking good Okay. And he's like he's like the best uh, manga artist in the world, and he's like super famous because of how good his manga is, and and everybody loves him because of how amazing his art is, and he like wears these like crazy clothes, and people love his fashion sense, mm-hmm. and and everybody loves him, and and he and his whole character <laughs> is everybody loves me, and I couldn't help but think when I was reading this, is this just the author? Is this it's the like, author's self-insert character? It's like a not self-aware Weekly Girls Nozaki Cup. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it felt like. Because every time he's on, like his int- his superpower is that he can draw real good. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. But but the but I I couldn't help but think the whole time I really like this character. <laughs> but but also that's, this is definitely his self-insert like yeah. fucking like. Like Mary Sue. Uh, that was I didn't want to say the word because it's it's it feels like such a dirty word now. I refuse to let Mary Sue become a dirty word because it means something specific to me that I try to keep in mind about not making a self insert character. And it doesn't mean oh Ray's too powerful for the Star Wars universe. Yes, thank you for bringing up the exact moment I stopped using the word. <laughs> well, and I guess I guess like to me like you can have like you can make a good self insert character apparently now that I've read JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You can. I because mean, it's not every okay. Every character you make is, is, is going a, a, a self insert on some level, and if you know how to do that well, then good for you. Uh. But like when I was when I was in high school, I wrote a novel that I finished when I got out of high school. But it was a full fucking novel, like um, like a a small one, like forty thousand words, maybe a novella, a novella wow. rather. Yeah. But like a full novel, and I was so proud of it. And reading back on it now, I'm like, wow, this is a bunch of self-insert bullshit. 
Um, and but uh, we've all got to start somewhere, though, right? Like that's right. Well, well, so what I did is I purposely wrote a different kind of character, and I wrote something that I enjoyed a lot more. And I feel like that's what you got to do. Yeah. And that I mean that's why that's why the idea of a Mary Sue as a a problem a self insert character is is a negative thing specifically for that reason is important to me and again not because a bunch of nerds don't like that there's a girl Jedi now fuck nerds push them in a locker fucking nerds nobody talks about how Finn can fight with a lightsaber. Poorly, but yeah, he can. But, like, he fucking does it for a while. Yeah, but he gets his ass beat. He gets his ass beat by, by a, a dude. No, he gets his ass beat by, by a... No, he gets his ass beat by a by a dude who doesn't even have a lightsaber. Does he get his ass beat by T-Radar? Yeah, yeah, he does. That's, that's remember, not his name. Remember, Han, name like. the, remember, Han shoots him. Okay. Oh, God, I need you to check Twitter because I retweeted. I think I retweeted, like, an image of... Like a still from when. Uh, oh my God! Yes. Harrison Ford punched Harrison Ryan Ford's Gosling. Face. Yes. That's amazing. I wish I could be I punched remember, by Harrison Ford. I remember seeing. I don't think I actually saw the interview, but I saw somebody talk about him talking about that interview, where he accidentally punched Ryan Gosling in the face. Mm-hmm. Talk about your anime. <laughs> All right, anime. Woo. Yeah, so I'm talking about mine. So uh, I got pushed into watching, I get pushed into watching a lot of anime, but uh, I rarely do because I don't have time. But I, I decided to actually like sit down and give this one a shot when I was having like a bad uh, weekday. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in bed all day today and watch anime. And I'll worry about the repercussions of that later. But uh, I watched the first uh, 10 episodes of a show called My Hero Academia. Oh, is that the one on Netflix? No, that's Little Witch Academia. Okay. Also very good for different reasons. But the reason I want to talk about this one is because, A, I only watched, I think, three episodes of Little Witch Academia before I had to stop watching it for school stuff. So uh, My Hero Academia has one of the best premises I have ever seen. It is it is sky high, but good. <laughs> but didn't you say to me... Sky high is very good, but I... <laughs> But I'm not going to defend it anymore because I can't. <laughs> because I can't look at it and say, because I can look at it and say, wow, what a good movie. But when somebody says, actually, that movie's bad, my only retort is, I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not saying much. Oh, boy. Sky is really good, though, and we're going to fucking watch it. <sighs> I don't know what else we're going to watch with it. But we're gonna watch it. You'll figure something out. I believe in you. Like we could watch another kind of movie like that, another superhero movie. It doesn't matter. What was that Tim Allen movie with superhero kids? Do you remember what I'm talking about? The Santa Claus Three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. No, I don't know what you're talking about. It uh, there 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 was a Tim Allen movie where he him and I think it was called Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Google. Thunderbirds. Tim. This seems to be a TV show with puppets. No. 
2004 no. life film adaptation. No, this isn't what I'm thinking of. That's no, super not. Okay, give me a sec. Tim Allen. Uh, films. Well, what year do you think this is released? About the same time. Yeah, I don't know. When so, to... Zoom! Yikes, this looks... Oh, yeah. 4.3 on IMDb, huh? Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. Oh. oh, Jesus, fuck. Why do you want to watch a movie that's sky high but bad? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know that was a possibility. Yeah, right? Oh, man. It, I guess this is the proof now, right? Sky High was good. Uh, actually, nope, it was bad. Have you seen Zoom? Because <laughs> if Zoom is Sky High but bad, that means Sky High is good. So I'm going to... This is a weirdly star-studded cast. It's got Courtney Cox, Chevy Chase. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. Fuck. Kate Mara. It's got Rip Torn. I don't know who that is, but that's a really cool name. I feel like I know who it is, which is why I mentioned him. Um, I he's an older actor. Oh, in fact, I think he's dead. Uh, oh, no, he's not dead. No. oh, he's okay. not dead, but he might be retired. Good, um, good, good. He's an older actor. Oh, he's Agent Zed in Men in Black. Oh, okay. Why the fuck does IMDb have a list of films <laughs> uh, with a location in Hamilton, Ontario? Why is that a thing? I don't know. Too many people Google in Hamilton? Ontario? <laughs> I'm <laughs> so mad at you. I don't, I don't know anything about this movie, but at the bottom of the cast listing is Mean Bully and Meaner Bully. <laughs> which tells you a lot about the plot, I think meaner bully oh what anyway a dumb movie so my hero academia is yeah. <laughs> is sky high but great small addendum oh now that we know that sky high is definitively good that's not what we know yeah nope we've proved it we know that it can get logically <laughs> logically proved it this is a dark day. So my hero academia, like it's it's the the entire premise is like this is a, a world where everybody has a superpower. Oof. Okay. Yeah. So so like like but like the kind of like 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 some people have like relatively normal superpowers like like superpowers that you would think of as being superhero superpowers like uh, super speed or uh, I can turn the moisture in the air into water. Yeah, cool. And and other people have like really very useless superpowers like I can make small things come to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I mean, it does sound awesome, but it's not like something you can exactly save the world with. Yeah, okay, there's save the world <laughs> and then there's not have to get up when you're sitting in front of the TV. Oh man, where's the remote? There it is. Do you know how often I would use that superpower while I'm, like, leaving the house and go to reach for my keys and then think, no, no, I don't need to reach for my keys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, it's, a, it's like, it's still a cool superpower. Right, but it's not, you, you, can't, you just can't fight. Yeah, it's, so, so, the, so there are, there are people out there who, you, who, who use their superpowers for superhero dumb and other people who use it for super villainy. 
So because of this, the government has decided to sponsor and pay anybody who is willing to be a superhero. Okay, so like how my, my sister got a um, got a scholarship to be a doctor on the condition that she be a doctor in Scottsdale for a few years. Exactly. But the main character of this show was born without superpowers. Dun, dun. And and I recommend that watching the first episode of this show, Tony, because mm-hmm. that the the it the show really spends the entire first episode showing you why that sucks. Oh, that's interesting. Because because like like this kid grew up like with everybody around him having these superpowers and looking up to this like this one superhero that he really wants to be like. And, and, like, he wants to grow up to become a superhero, and he refuses to kind of give up on that, but he doesn't have superpowers. And in a world where everybody has superpowers, that kind of sucks. It's a real good first... It's a real good pilot episode. It really, like, drills this initial premise home in a way that's very emotional and made me cry. That's cool. I cried okay. a lot. No, that's fine. I, be- I mean, I believe you. If it makes you feel any better, I cried... While the guy who plays a Spongebob voice started doing, started humming the Cheers theme. There is some specific context for this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I... It was an episode of Adventure Time, but I decided to word it as, you know, esoterically as possible to get the point across that, looking back, it's kind of a weird thing to cry at. I mean, this isn't a weird thing to cry at. It's a very emotional moment. Well, this, I mean, this was a very emotional moment. He was losing his mind and trying to protect a child. I think I know what you're talking about. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry. No, you, you talk about your thing. I don't, I don't need to talk about Adventure Time again. So, so the initial premise is very good. Uh, and then the show eventually kind of falls into this, like, uh, the, uh, the main character and all these other kids go to superheroes, a superhero academy. Uh, mm. where they're where like they're being trained to become this next generation of superheroes. And I'm only and by the 10th episode we still haven't like seen any like significant villains, but the personal drama between the main character and the antagonist is very good. And there's kind of this like internal struggle that the show's trying to get to the point of what what are the qualities that are necessary for a person to be a hero? And what can we do to encourage those qualities in everyone? Like, it's not, it's not enough to just have a superpower, right? Like you, there, there's some intrinsic character that a superhero must have. And what, what is the cost of being that person? You don't trust anyone other than Superman to be Superman. Exactly. And while the more recent films have kind of thrown that into the garbage, like one of the reasons shat all over the legacy of Superman, literally shat all over the legacy of the people who invented Superman. The only reason Superman worked and in some ways works is because there is like an intrinsic trust that the character who is Clark Kent is a good person and will always be a good person like he 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 is on a moral ground that will not be budged does that make him right all the time no but it means that we can trust him to always do the best possible option 
and not just snap a dude's neck in the middle of a destroyed city. Yeah, after he actively destroyed, destroyed the, city. the city. Yeah. Like, I just... there, There's like... I'm sorry I, have, I mentioned Superman and got us and, and and got you thinking about those movies. No, it's fine because like 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 in a way like the 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 Superman of this universe. I feel like I'm triggering your PTSD. <laughs> the Superman of of the My Hero Academia universe is a, is a mm-hmm. character who goes by All Might, and he is such an interesting character from the get go. Like he 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 is built up as this legend, and when you meet him, there you kind of realize oh he there a lot there's a lot of personal sacrifice that goes into being a superman Mm. like if you want to be an infallible symbol of justice and goodness there's a lot of sacrifice that you have to make to kind of your own well-being but also the well-being of others and and the show hasn't really settled on where it wants to fall on these qualities yet because i'm still only 10 episodes in but I really like the optimistic tone. It's nice to watch a show that's optimistic about being a hero. I think optimism is important. I think that it's not it's not enough to it's not enough to write fiction that's critical. You know, it it because right like like criticizing where we are now isn't enough because all if, if all we can do is point out the bad things in the world we're really quickly going to fall into a hole where well then if it's all bad what's the point speaking of which donate to puerto rico please yes oh gosh please um uh, i think i've retweeted quite a bit of links to that yeah and uh like i follow lin Mamo miranda and he has been like with every tweet he also puts a donate link yeah please yeah uh definitely so, um if you can pitch in, please pitch in. Um, like, a lot of those people aren't getting help because the President of the United States is a fucking dipweed. Yeah. And that's literally the only reason, and that's the sickest thing. And if we, as private citizens, can do something to help, we should. We should. You know, you give as much as you can give, and if you can't give, spread the word, right? Like, that's... You know, you do as much as you can. But but, but that's... And again, like, like, like it's... It's it's not enough. Uh, just kind of for me, to me, go back into the, what what I was trying to say is it's, it's not enough to just be critical of the world around us. We also we also should want more, and we should be able to point at an example that is inherently optimistic and say that that is what we should strive for. Because like right now, we're we're having this issue where where people are pointing at the uh, the Obama administration or God some in some cases the George W. Bush administration and saying why can't the world be like that again? And it's like hey whoa we can aim for better yeah right we can we don't have to settle for we don't have to settle for status quo we can change and move forward and we should never settle for status quo but the problem is is we have we do not have many there aren't many places in in current pop fiction that we can point to and say that is an optimistic vision of the future do you know what and that kind of sucks you know what i i've never been a big fan of star trek the Star Trek universe, and actually this is one of my problems with the remakes, the Star Trek universe is fucking beautiful. It posits the idea of a post-scarcity world. Mm-hmm. Everybody has everything they need. Nobody needs money because you can just get whatever you want. And in this world, there are still people who only want to go and find more. 
And yeah. uh, again, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I think that's beautiful. And I mean, hell, there's a reason it was such a big show when it aired. When it showed up, yeah. And um, just the idea of flying through space and going and visiting other worlds and coming back to your perfect uh, utopia is pretty chill to me. I feel like the third Star Trek movie has gotten the closest at my ideal kind of what I would want from a, a utopian set film. My problem uh, with utopias is that people keep on putting terrorists in them. And the utopia does not have terrorists. Because why do you need a terrorist in a utopia? We're not going to talk about other podcasts. We said, we said Tony. I'm trying not to, but like that happened in the second fucking but, Star so, Trek movie. So, but no, and that's the thing, and, and, and also the third, right? But that's the thing is, at the, at the end of the day, like, striving for utopia doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory perfect all the time. Like no, people, like there's people, perfect, and then there's terror attacks. Like people, no, well, it, that, jump. <laughs> that's no, that's it's like it, if it, you you can't if you have a population of seven billion people, you cannot account for the happiness and stability of all seven billion without having people fall through the cracks. And no, I mean absolutely, I believe that's and true. And over time, as and over time, over over the course of thousands of years, that will escalate. As more well, and more people fall through is, the cracks. Over the course of a hundred thousand years, Tony, with a reason, population of billions, Andy, who knows? The reason we have so many terrorist attacks, which, by the way, is not that many, despite what the media will tell you. I mean, we have quite a bit of terrorist attacks when you look at uh, radicalized white youth. Well, that was what I was going to mention. The reason we have so many terrorist attacks is because we currently have a media that likes pointing people against each other. And it's not a healthy way to run a society. There's falling through the cracks, and then there's like, okay, so the people who did 9-11 were basically brainwashed, and I accept that. And But the people who, who were attacking U.S. troops after that were mad because we invaded their country, and I accept that too. And all people who keep on shooting out black churches and going into theaters and shooting people there and all this shit are like that because they have this weird old prejudice that has been fed for 200 years mm -hmm. and, and in, a, in, in their own way they are also brainwashed right no exactly I feel like in a utopia I mean, there would at least be good schooling, right? Like, it, well, yeah, but even if you have good schooling, right? Like, at the end of the day, there are going to be ideologies that people will align themselves with, and not every ideology is perfect, right? Like, at some point, there is going to be a person who takes an ideology too far. The problem with ideas is that you always have a person who gets to the point where they forget that people are more important than ideas. Mm. Like, at the end of the day. We have we 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 should always come be able to come back to, but people are more important. There's a good Zach Weiner quote, something he wrote in one of his comics, something like "War is people fighting over ideas, and peace are is ideas fighting over people." Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. That's fine. It's just what you made me think of. We 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 live in an era of dystopian fantasy. We, 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 we seem to have this obsession with the world ending 
that those are the worst books no and and but that's the thing right it's like like a dysto- like when i say dystopia i don't just mean the hunger games or uh no but it like kind of feels like it it kind of feels a little bit like the giver up in here yeah but, but and there was a reason i hated the giver well but that's and that's the thing right is like like i'm, I'm not talking i'm I'm, t- I'm talking like uh in its own way the avengers is a dystopia because in the universe of the avengers you have all these superheroes doing all of these things trying to save the world and at the end of at the end of every movie there is all the world is always back to status quo it never gets better and in fact keeps getting worse as the movies progress i mean and like uh tony stark has self-sustaining power now yeah he does one person (laughs) i'm glad that one person in the world has self-sustaining power tony well, it's it's his entire. I mean, it's it's his. Well, actually, no. I guess it's the Avengers Tower. So yeah, basically just him and like four other people. And four other people who aren't mad at him yet. Um. Yeah. No. I guess that. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Never mind. Yeah, and so and but so like in its own way, like even even the ideal world of superheroes that the Avengers posits sucks, and and like let's let's move forward. Let's move past that then. All right. Uh. Well, I don't think that, I mean, if you need a superhero, you're in a shitty world, right? I don't think so, right? Like, okay. if, because the, the, the idea of a superhero isn't necessarily... It's just that, like, I love Captain America. Okay. One of the reasons I love Captain America is that he punches Nazis. Now, mm-hmm. we wouldn't need Captain America if we didn't have Nazis. <laughs> But but that's the thing, right? Is like a superhero doesn't just have to be guy who punches Nazis. A superhero can just be somebody who uh, is the encapsulation of the of what of what we consider to be an ideal citizen. Mm-hmm. Like 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 my favorite thing about Captain America isn't that he punches Nazis. It's that he he kind of he he in every iteration of Captain America he represents what people like to think is the and I'm going to exclude the current comic run because it's bullshit and dumb and stupid. Right, but the, and it's written by a dude who like is a Nazi mm, apologist. Yeah. Like he straight up apologized for Nazis. And he should like he should just straight he should not be writing but, Captain America. <laughs> but whatever, like but, but he can that, write Punisher or something. Yeah, like like the the reason Superman was invented wasn't wasn't so that he was because you had these two kids who 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 strove to be this ideal person. Right, but their version of ideal person was kind of a nerd who followed a woman home. Yeah, and like I said, that's not perfect. <laughs> and at, as time as time goes on, we have to continuously change these characters so that they can keep up with what we consider to be a symbol for kind of this that's optimistic not, future. That's not completely fair to Superman, I feel like, that thing I said. But it's, I'm pretty sure it's, in the first issue, he, he does follow Lois home. Yeah, I mean, uh, li- listen, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> And he there is walks nothing on the telephone pole, and well, she she almost gets mugged or something, and he punches the people out. Like he's it's, protecting her, but also it's still hey, weird. Yeah, on, like leave her alone. You have super hearing. You don't have to be following her. Wouldn't it be weirder if he was just spying on her with the super hearing, though? I'm gonna say no, but I'm okay. also going to say that spying on her with the super hearing is still creepy. If you could have any psychic based power, what would it be? <sighs> what like what do you mean like like? Mind well, stuff, like mind reading, mind control, telekinesis, see the future, that kind of shit. 
Uh, telekinesis. Okay. I think the only ones... I think the, the only answers we're giving are either telekinesis or seeing the future. But even seeing the future puts me in a position of, like, what is it exactly that I'm seeing? I don't know. See, because it depends on the writer, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like does the writer... Are you, see, are you seeing the future like Oedipus Rex? You see something that whenever you try to change it, it becomes true? Or are you seeing into the future like, um second character that's not about fucking his mom uh, I have so many examples of heroes who can see into the future and change it but all of them fuck their mom why are there so many superheroes who can okay. see the future that want to fuck their moms I gosh see the guy from heroes uh, like he's in New York blown up and he goes back and he fixes it say the cheerleader save the world it was a strong first season that quickly devolved. Yeah, that show really that, that show really quickly kind of loses itself in its under its own weight, and that's fine. That's okay. It's it, just, it 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 happens. I still love the first season. I feel like the first season's kind of tight. I need to uh, maybe give the first season another shot because all I remember from Heroes is how the second and third season kind of go, and. Well, what happened is the writer strike happened. Yeah. Like halfway through yep. the second season and sort of broke everything. I feel like. Yeah. And I don't know if they couldn't, like, get all the actors back that they wanted to get, or maybe... I, I don't know what happened internally with all the writers, even, but something fell apart there. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, I, feel like, I, feel, I feel like a lot of things, ha like, during the writer's strike really just put a dent in a lot of things. But, yeah, you know, like, good for them. Unions. Yes, good for unions. But like if it's if it's a future you can change or at least affect like if you see a few seconds into the future, that would be pretty cool because you could like I'll never trip and fall on my ass again. Exactly, like you could change small stuff. You could stop somebody from walking into the street at the wrong time. You could catch a ball really well, just like normal shit. And if you could see like twenty years into the future, I don't know stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. See, but uh, that's the thing, right? This telekinesis to me seems to be the least invasive power because all I can do is move stuff with my mind. That's a tangible thing. And like, yeah, sure, I could use it for evil, but that's but there but there's no invasion of either like my own kind of worth as an independent person and me having to restructure my own ideological thoughts about what free will is or the invasion of other people's privacy. And restructuring my own ideological thoughts about free will is like my jam. I've done it too many times already, Tony. I'm not doing it again. Here's the thing. I would love to have a higher calling. If my higher calling would you? was... No, I'd be super into it. What if your higher <laughs> calling was something super lame, though? Like, Tony, you are going to make the best ham sandwich. Then I'll know all my life. I'm going to... Well, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I said that. <laughs> Sorry, you, don't even, you don't even get to enjoy your calling. Although, I would like to have a calling just so that I can spit in the face of God. No. I refuse the call. I feel like I uh, would uh, not thrive exactly. I feel like I would... Um, I feel like my own personal ideology would function really well. Like, we've, we've actually talked about this a little. It's sometimes tough when you're faced with a decision and you don't know what is the morally right thing. Yeah. Now, if I was the guy from, like, early edition, and I get a newspaper, 
And this new newspaper says this person's going to die and it's preventable. And I know the right thing to do is to go save that person. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes life easier to have a calling like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, for I mean, but what if you, but what if you saving that person causes the newspaper industry to fail? Because it hasn't already in this world you live in. I'm getting I'm getting it on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the early edition emailed to me on my iPad. <laughs> There's a cat that shows up, and there's no reason for the cat to be there because it didn't come with the paper. Oh man. <sighs> the but but I think that I, show I, was exactly like Quantum Leap. They were the same show. God, I where's my remake of Quantum Leap? We've had remakes of fucking Knight Rider, Footloose, uh, uh, what's another of Star Trek? Yeah, there's a movie remake of Footloose. It's really bad and not worth watching. Oh well, duh. Um, but we've had remakes of, of night of Knight Rider. That's the one with the car. Hawaii, Hawaii Five O. I can't believe we thought that at the same time. <laughs> I like how have we not had a Quantum Leap remake yet? I don't know. I would dig it. I think the problem is that it's we could bring back focus. We could bring fuck it. Who People cares? Don't like we could not on TV anymore. We could bring back. Uh, well, then we won't call him God. We'll just bring back Scott Bakula and we'll make him the giant floating head in the sky. Does that happen in Quantum Leap? I remember that happening, but it could have been a different show. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Wizard of Oz. No, Scott Bakula is not was, there. No, Scott Bakula the there. Wizard of Oz. No, I I remember there being a Scott. I remember there being a Scott Bakula show in which there is a giant floating head in the sky. Did I tell you that I saw the episode as spoken of in the gushy tapes? What? Do you not know what the gushy tapes are? No. Did you somehow miss that episode of Mabim Bam? Here's the thing. There is an episode of um, Quantum Leap where the guy that Sam leaps into gets away. Because what happens is he swaps with... Like, he swaps bodies with the guy. And that guy gets out of the future holding place that they keep them in. Mm -hmm. And this guy is a criminal. And so, Al goes to go get him. So, Gushy has to be Al for this episode. I know. Okay, I know what this is now. <laughs> and Travis and Griffin thought about this so angrily about the fact that Gushy was... Whether or not Gushy was Al in one episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> that according to them... They cut, like, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And that's the gushy tapes. The lost... The lost 20 minutes? minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're cutting out this entire conversation, just so you know. Well, I, I have control of the of the editing here. Tony, so. I, Tony, if you if you do not tell me right now that you're going to cut out this entire talk of Mabim Bam, because we talk about it too much, I am going to cut it out of my side so that you're forced to. And that's good. And that means, and and you're not gonna know how much I'm gonna cut. So guess what, my dude? You're gonna have to realign the podcast. And I know how much that sucks. You can cut it and keep it the same, you fucking monster. I could, <laughs> but I don't want there to be a one-sided conversation where you just talk about the gushy tapes for five minutes. I'll consider it. <laughs> Fuck. But I, just to get back to my earlier talk, though, right? Like, like. 
Like, Quantum Leap is a great example of this. Like, Quantum Leap as a show was very optimistic about its perception of history and the future, right? Like, yes, like, yes history's fucked up, but we can if we can't change history, we can at least use history to inform ourselves about who we are and move forward toward a more positive future. And like and the point of the point of Quantum Leap was to sort of see the human element in these huge historical events. Events, yeah. Like the like the um the one where he pops into a an old black guy in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Like just just as um, the civil rights movement was kicking off, yeah, and he, you know, has to deal with that, and it's about like, like he knew that this happened, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's about the the human element inside it, and that even if as a society you're going through this huge horrible change, human beings can always stand to be good to each other. Yeah, I want more fiction that focuses on on the optimism in building a better future because so much fiction right now seems to be focusing on the indefinite struggle of working hard and the world seems to get worse anyway it makes me really mad that at the end of the day in every superhero movie all i have to look forward to are the characters because situationally the world in the marvel universe is getting worse and maybe maybe it's a problem with american cinema right like maybe 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 the reason that we have this problem is because we we're we're currently running an industry where everyone wants to pump out sequels so you constantly have to make like an empty first movie that sets up a basic premise and then make the world worse in the second third fourth fifth and sixth movies so that the heroes have something to do but like there's there's got to be a way right to like to 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 do optimistic fiction well um what about i mean on the on the same lines star wars uh a new hope and also to a certain extent um the force awakens is a very optimistic beginning to uh um yes to a series where at the end the good guys win but uh I mean, I was, I, everybody talks about how in the second one, you know, it's a much darker ending, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, and even in A Force Awakens, the idea put forth there is that even after you've won the war, there's always going to be more fighting, mm-hmm. which isn't great. Uh, but also, again, the, the thing that they're fighting is a much smaller force. It is a bunch of radicalized people and not an entire government. I don't know. As as much as I love The Force Awakens, I do think that it could have been it could have been more, right? Like it could it could still have been a more utopian vision of the future. I, I guess what I'm worried about is maybe maybe we don't know how to write utopia. I think like maybe maybe as people were constantly obsessed with conflict. Well, definitely in our stories, it's hard to write a story needs conflict so that you can have conflict res- uh, resolution. Yeah. And it's hard to get a realistic conflict in a utopian setting because you have to say, okay, but obviously this thing in this society doesn't work for this to happen. I don't know. I feel like you could still have very deep and very and meaningful like character conflict without having to resort to but this guy kicks puppies, right? 
like like or without resorting right. to well this guy's gonna go become a super villain now because him and the main character don't get along right like there's and I'm, I'm like struggling to think of an example that i want to use that kind of is at least comes close to what it, the idea that i'm trying to put across but i'm having trouble like explaining this mm-hmm. this want I, I can hear that yeah I don't know, and and I and, and the other guy, I guess the other thing is like, what is the solution, right? Like we to writing uh, more optimistically. What is that like? What does that mean? Like, because because you're right. In order like for a story to be meaningful, there has to be some sort of conflict. But what what can we do then to to write? I don't know if you're going to like this, uh-huh. but I'm going to put forth something a little bit. As far as superhero movies go, I think the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I still have not seen the sequel. Mm-hmm actually does pretty well at being optimistic about it because it is about like at the end of the day and it's this is uh, far from a utopian society that they're living in yeah. obviously like their prisons are shit mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day like they fucking win with the power of friendship like that happens and i think the fact that it is not a utopian society but that something like that happens in it is part of what makes it makes that moment feel good you know like yeah because the sailor scouts can win with the power of friendship but when star lord does it feels different and i was thinking like when you're talking about this i was thinking about squirrel girl because we were talking about superheroes and um yeah she is currently fighting ultron who is a giant metal (laughs) t-rex nice because what happened is it's a piece of Ultron that fell during one of his fights and landed in the Savage Land and had to relearn everything from the ground up so he became the most powerful thing he could find, which was a T-Rex. Yeah. And here's the thing. like She's fighting Ultron and shit is going bad, but she is, like, super excited to fight Ultron. And I think part of it is having characters who thrive in conflict yeah like not just not just people who have to rise to the occasion but people who are ready to rise to the occasion yeah i guess i guess maybe what i mean i guess maybe we don't need we do need less dystopian fiction because fuck like too depressing but maybe i'm not into it i maybe what i want to see is i want to see more i want to see movies stop settling with at the end of the movie things go back to status quo right i want i want i want at the end of the next fucking marvel movie for the world to be just a little bit of a better place because that hasn't happened wait let me think when's the last time the world was a better place in a marvel movie at the end of a marvel movie i feel like it happened in iron man one no well he stopped selling weapons uh, it kind of feels like that would mean that, that there would be a de-escalation in the war in Iraq, the way that they set up the world there. Yeah, but there isn't, because if you remember in Iron Man 2 and 3, they mentioned that he's still having trouble actually, like, securing all of the shipments of Stark weapon, of Stark, uh, like, he, it, it wasn't just Stark Industries, right? Like, people are stealing from Stark Industries. Uh, okay, not good. Not in Thor. Thor is definitely status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think still makes... I still think that Thor ending up at the status quo actually does make it a bit better than every other Marvel movie, which ends up with the world being slightly worse. What's the, what's the, what's the next one? Captain America? Yep. 
I guess that one. I guess that one ends with World War Two being over, which is nice. But it doesn't. He dies before World War Two ends. Ah, uh, so yep. He doesn't know. That's right. So no, not that one. But then he wakes up in the modern times, and now we have Captain America. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, but they lied to him. When? Like his first two minutes, his first two minutes in the past, in the future, he's like, "Why are you guys lying to me about what year it is?" Ah, oh, well, I mean, yes. So, yeah, like, no, welcome, welcome to a future where we don't trust Captain America. That's not about trusting Captain America. It's about not having him freak the fuck out. I, I get that. I feel like you ease him into it. You make sure that dying didn't cause any brain damage. And then you talk about how it's 2012. <laughs> okay, what came after Captain America? Now let's go down this list. All right, all right. Give me a sec. Is let me, Avengers? Let me pull it up. No, uh, not oh, yet. Iron, Iron Man 2. 2. Nah. Definitely not that one. Nah. Okay, now we're at the Avengers. Okay, Avengers. Nah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the one where they destroy a good portion of New York City, definitely not that one. But they save more of New York City. I mean, yeah, but guess, but like, there's like a whole... But the government does try to nuke New York City. Yep, they do. And also, there's like an entire plot point in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming about that event the alien yep thing yep that's cool. bad so okay what about um iron man 3 what we got? iron man 3 um also nah i mean they saved the president that's nice i guess for that particular president they blow up all the iron man suits which is cool but kind of pointless because he ends up making more anyway and then there's thor uh, dark world thor yeah thor dark world thor dark world doesn't even take place on earth for most of it so i guess that one's kind of null yeah that one well no that one ends Zero that one out. that one ends with everything being worse because of the well, god dies uh but i don't think they're actually gods they're not i don't i don't actually i don't know captain america the winter soldier definitely huh, no. yeah not that one that one <laughs> nah. ends with that one ends with an entire like government association realizing that they've been infiltrated in every facet by Nazis, by, so not that by one. Nazis. And also the Winter Soldier is running around. Yeah, but he's just he's just misunderstood. He's a good boy. Then Guardians, which I would posit actually does have a sort of lighter optimistic ending. Uh and and things are I, better. I, Although I haven't seen Guardians too. They they so. do. I mean, there is a part in Guardians of the Galaxy where you kind of have to come to, fa- to come to terms with the fact that all of these people are people who've killed people. Yeah. And at the end no, of the first movie, yeah, and at the end of that movie they're like, "Well, should we all just go do what we normally do, which is kill people and make money?" Well, th- I mean, we'll do a combination all, of the two. They they all kill people, but like when they need to. Rocket's a bounty hunter. He likes to bring people in for bounties. And Star-Lord's a scavenger. He just scavenges shit. I guess you, you, I mean, Gamora kills people, and so does Drax, but I don't think either of them get money for it. So yeah, no, they just do it for fun. They just do it for the kicks. Whatever Rocket and and Star Lord do. I'm gonna posit that that in Guardians, I okay, any any on world a note than it starts. Any world that ends with a, a world where Baby Groot exists, I will posit is a worse world. But that's me. Wow, really? I fucking hated Baby Groot, dude. Interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about Baby Groot. I just, I didn't like the minions the first time around. I'm not going to like them the second time around, alright? 
Now, I heard that one of the reasons... Um, I heard one of the, the reasons from a storytelling perspective that Baby Groot is important is that it means that Groot actually dies. Yeah, Groot is fucking dead. Because this isn't Groot anymore. It's a diff- is... it's a it's his son. It's Groot Jr. Yeah. Which means that that moment was very powerful. Alright, we're gonna have to run through this list quickly because I'm running out of power. So Okay. Welcome to the lightning round of does this movie end with an optimistic ending or not? Give me just give me a quick yes or no. Avengers Days of Ultron. No. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> nah, this, Tony fucked up. Yeah, I was gonna say this should be this should be easy. This is a softball. Ant Man. Uh same? Captain same. America Ant-Man Civil War. Balances out. Sorry? Captain America Civil War. Oh, worse. Doctor Strange. Uh that Doctor Strange takes place uh, before everything happens, so I'm gonna say status quo. Status quo. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh I can't have an opinion on this one yet. So. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my opinions on that one as well. Okay. And I, I was gonna say maybe I should just give my opinion when you're not listening, but you have to edit this later, so yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah, no. Uh, and Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, also, you cannot have an opinion on. All right, we're all cut up. Well, okay, but with Spider-Man: Homecoming, here's the thing: you can't know if it's an optimistic ending or not until the next movie comes out. And you'd know what the effects of Spider-Man Homecoming was. Well, the... Right? Is that crazy? Spider-Man, like... Spider-Man Homecoming, to me, ends worse because at the end of that movie, Spider-Man has to say no to being a child soldier. Oh, you mean it's worse because he was asked, not because he said no. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Peter Parker is a good person. <laughs> okay. I'm not but ready to. Should, I'm not ready to be. A, I'm not. I'm not, to be a child soldier, I'm not ready to be a soldier yet, Iron Man. I think I should grow up a bit first. No, Spider Man, don't be a soldier. Be a hero. Be better than I a soldier. Watch, I want to watch that movie because of how much guilt Tony Stark obviously feels about reeling Spider Man into his into his freaking lovers' quarrel with Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a quarrel. Iron Man was wrong. Captain America was wrong in a different way. I was going to say, they were both wrong, is the thing. <laughs> yeah, but Iron Man was wrong in, like, in like a way that would have affected the entire world. But Iron Man, the reason Iron Man was wrong was because he so, it's, so, so did not want to make Ultron again. It's because, yeah, it's because Iron that. Man was wrong before in a way that affected the entire world. Well, that's the thing. He wants he wants somebody to stop him, and Captain America's like, last time somebody tried to stop me, he was a fucking Nazi. I, I think maybe what they should have ended up with is, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, Iron Man, you're the sub. Captain America's your dom. When he tells you to stop, you stop. This is this is gotten taken. We said we weren't gonna talk about our ships. We you called it a lovers' quarrel. You started this. I did do that. I did do that. What would be the safe word? Are you saying word? this was my fault? No, yes, no. no, I'm saying this is your fault. Red Skull. It would have to be a word that neither of them use in casual conversation. Would it? Love. Oh, too. <laughs> <laughs> your imaginary relationship between these two just got a lot darker for me. <laughs> <sighs> also, if if we're talking about if we're talking about possible relationships among the Avengers. It's fucking Steve and Bucky, right? Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yes. 100%. Anyway. 
Well, not that. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to Direct Video DVD Extras. VHS? VHS? That was an interesting note to end on. Um, <laughs> we're all just, we're both just sitting here stewing in what we know about each other now. Stewing is a bad word. I should have used that. That was a bad word for word. you to use. No. Oh man. I'm not stew. I've been tonier pissed now. <laughs> oh, and I've been your host, Andy Reyes. I'm just gonna be down here. Down here for the rest of this podcast. Uh, you can find all of our content at direct2.video or wherever you yeah, get your local content. podcasts. Why do you say that? Because it's it's kitschy. It's nice. It makes us feel like a community. Okay. It makes me feel like what I live other, two roads down other, from another podcast. Okay, but what podcast? I don't know. What would be a good podcast to to not be next door neighbors with, but like one house over? I don't. Are are they cl- close to each other based on what we talk about? Oh, I would say yes, and because and that's because I would recommend people go watch the podcast. Uh, don't watch a podcast. Or <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Audio medium. Sorry, listen to. I, I stare at the sound wave sometimes. It's very meditative. I'm, let me try to remember the name. Uh, I think it's let's let's watch two movies. Are you joking? No, I'm not. Is another podcast that just does our shtick? Oh, they don't do our shtick because they just watch two movies. I guess that's what we do now too, huh? Now that I think about it. So well, I, but we watch. I mean, we, the movies are usually related to each other. Do they just watch any random two movies? No, they are try they to watch movies? two movies that are related to each other. Well, they just, they just, yeah, they do our thing. Man. Yeah, but they did it before we did it. Great, that's even better. We stole their thing. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend people listen to it. It's a lot longer than our podcast because they break it up into two episodes, one for each movie. <laughs> Stupid. I, I don't know. They're way more successful than we are. That's just because we, um, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, but the, that's not the reason. It's because we're bad at podcasting. True. Anyway. I mean, we're telling we're telling our listeners to go listen to this podcast that does what we do, but better, because we're the best at podcasting. Would you say we're doing that? Would you say something we are doing? I'm doing it on our podcast, so yes. Yeah, check that. Just got a couple. It's just a couple doors down in our podcast neighborhood that we have. Uh, and while you're doing that, you can go scroll through Twitter and find me at Theater Bass. Recently, I have been tweeting about Sailor Moon <laughs> and Little Shop of Horrors. So, yep. stuff that you care about if you're listening to this, presumably. Yeah, and uh, you can find me at royalty underscore Valens, and I have been, I have either been tweeting about Halloween or politics, so, you know. It's gonna be a bit of a crapshoot with that one. Yeah. Or about a flashlight that works no matter how many batteries you have inside, as long as you That's have batteries in it. cool. I know. I That's... would have loved that as a kid. Right. And also an adult. I got a webcomic you can check out. It's mostly about wordplay and fantasy themes. It's very good. Thank you. It's inspired by trueevents.org. You can go read it. I'm big in Canada and New Zealand. Because that's where it's cheaper to advertise, apparently. Huh. Yeah. You can uh, find our theme song, Penguins on Parade, which is by... 
Lee Rosevere. Thank you, Lee Rosevere. Uh, Google them. They have a band camp, I believe. Uh, just on, um... Free... Like, free music library. Yeah. yeah. You just go find free music that Lee Rosevere writes, and it'll be just dandy. And you can go and make your own bad podcast like we did. Look, sometimes it's a really good podcast. Sometimes it's a really good I, podcast. I enjoy a lot of the things, uh, a lot of the, the... Can I tell you something that we sort of talked about? Yeah. Um, uh, on Twitter is... Genuinely, I enjoy that we are two people who are basically from the same culture because we're both Americans, mm-hmm. but also have different points of view about certain stuff because we just you know grew up in different places yeah. and have different skin colors. And I like that we can have these different points of view. And it's not like I love the flop house, but it is three white guys from New York, yeah, uh, talking about movies. And uh, I made, I mean, I made a joke that wasn't quite like kind of not a joke like if you know a woman of color who also wants to be on a podcast like maybe we should talk to her (laughs) yeah i i don't but that's too bad maybe when we reboot like maybe when we when we do our eventual reboot i hesitate to ask what our eventual reboot would look like um well it would be better i gen like i genuinely think a lot of things we bring to the table are good um as far as like i focus like i focus a lot about how stories are told and you focus a lot about how movies are made and throughout that we can talk about how we feel yeah we reach a sort of um if i could figure out the word i need that would make it an even better understanding oh gosh oh gosh oh gosh oh gosh oh gosh wrap this up i'm at 10 percent my, anyway, my... I am the ghost of John Smith. <laughs> Ooh. So, uh, I have a I have a mild question, Tony. A mild question. Yeah, and we're gonna have to and we're gonna have to get this question out real quick. So, the the sister of yours that listens to this podcast are they the same sister that collects pop figurines no different sister okay good good no why oh because pop figurines are the devil and i hate them oh okay i think they're poorly designed i have a um spider gwen one that my sister gave me Mm -hmm. i stuck her on the wall and she fell off (laughs) uh so now her stand's just stuck to the wall Uh, well you know it happens how did you... Did I talk about my sister collecting Pops figurines? I don't remember this. I You definitely just, did. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Okay. Like, I'm, I was... Or I just... That's a good point. Or somebody else told me about their sister that collects Pop figurines, <laughs> and I just went out on a limb and assumed it was you. <laughs> anyway, I also occasionally tweet out about how much I hate Pop figurines. Yeah, because, I don't know, you're a sad, lonely person, I guess. I, I Listen, I, I gotta be angry about the world so that I feel like I'm involved. Yikes, that one hit close to home. 